It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 807 on a Saturday morning, 69.9 degrees and heavy rain outside. The studios of WSB, looking out the window just a minute ago, it was pretty bright. You can see the clouds above, but now it is dark, 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 and heavy rain coming down. Heavy rain throughout the metro Atlanta area at different, excuse me, at different times during the day. And we'll see some days, some parts of the day, they'll have some sunshine as well. During the next few minutes, we'll have Anne in Greensboro. Her American holly is pretty sick right now, she says. Gordon Waxesville has a magnolia tree. Something's choking it out. First in line, though, Stephen is out in Alpharetta with frogs. Yep. Hey, yep, Stephen. You, you got frogs, Stephen? Oh, yeah, I got frogs. Okay, so um, so I built uh, I built a beautiful waterfall on the side of my house. Yeah. Um, and I designed it in a manner that you could hear it from anywhere pretty much in the house. Uh, but now all I hear is frogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I never knew, like, the world had so many frogs, different, <laughs> different types, different tones, different patterns of speech. Um, the only frog missing is, like, there's a traditional frog that goes, ribbit, ribbit, right. that's not there. <laughs> I wouldn't guys. mind one of those, right. but right. no. But I got all these loud frogs. and. The problem also is that my girlfriend and her daughter are advocates for the frogs. Oh, oh, there's controversy <laughs> in the house. Yes, yeah, so there's controversy. <laughs> there, there is. There, there's uh, friction. There's everything. There's yeah. sleepless nights. But um, I need to know if you know of any way of eradicating the frogs without harming them. Oh, that without harming them is a problem right there. If you're really yeah. mean, like Dave Baker, for instance, the host of the Home Fix It show, he says just sort of extension cords. Heavens to Bessie, what was that? Dave Baker says throw an extension cord over in the water. That would eliminate the frogs pretty quickly. They all float to the top and you scoop. Yeah, that definitely sounds Baker-esque. Yes, but, uh, but, but um, no harm to the they're frogs. They're not just in the water. I mean, yeah. they're all they're all in the uh, vicinity. It's like a big party. Stephen, I don't have a way of getting rid of You have made an environment for frogs, basically. <laughs> and just like teenagers like hamburgers and go to the hamburger joints, the frogs go to the water because they like water joints where it's moist. And Stephen's waterfall noise, obviously when it gets colder, the frogs will disappear. Um, other than somehow collecting the frogs and taking them to the Chattahoochee River and letting them go or something like that... Uh, I do not have an answer. Just the mean answer that others have shared. That's all I have for you, Stephen. Uh, okay. Well, I, I guess uh, I guess I'll just try and enjoy the frogs. Yeah, I think you. I think in the interest of, of of peace in the family, yes, you should learn to enjoy the frogs and be aware that the waterfall will come back when the frogs disappear as the weather gets cooler later on this year. And sometimes, if it gets pretty dry, the frogs may. Well, the numbers will diminish, I think, too, as it gets dry this summer. So you may have that, too. <laughs> uh, well, I was afraid you were going to say that, but yeah. I thank you so much for I helping see. me out. Tell everybody we said hey. Thanks for calling, friend. We got uh, Ann in Greensboro. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning. Uh, what's wrong with the holly, Ann? So um, about, it's about 
seven feet, maybe seven and a half feet tall. And I noticed in the center of that, some of the leaves seemed to be dying. Mm-hmm. And then I got inside there and start cutting stuff out. And I noticed there's on the trunk of the holly, there's these oblong circles that like go up and down the trunk. Yep. And um, not sure what that is. Probably sap suckers would be my guess. Uh, little, does it make uh, sort of circles close to each other around little dots, little holes, little what do you call it? See the little, yeah, those little dots, like that they were like poking holes. I don't see yeah. those. These circles are like probably an inch or an inch and a half oblong circle that goes up and down the trunk. The other creature that could be there too, Anne, is the either yellow jackets or European or bald-faced hornets because they're all building their nests right now. This is the time of year when the nest-building activity of these insects is really heavy. And the way they get the material to make the paper to make their nest is to sort of scrape it off of weathered wood, off of furniture that's been out on the patio for a couple of years and got a little weathering to the, to the surface of the wood. Or, I've seen this many times, or from the bark of hollies. Why they like holly bark, I don't know. But they, I often see little grooves in the bark of hollies where the hornets or wasps or something has gone in to harvest the wood to make their nest from. Hmm. So that so, is my bet, one or the other, sap suckers or, or stinging insects, uh, nest-building insects, that's all I got. So we don't think it's like a virus? or something. No, not the oblong things on the bark. It doesn't sound like a virus to me, no. And you're right. Those- you're right to do, just go in and prune it out. I think it's the right thing to do for it. All right. Well, that's what we'll do then. If it gets more serious, then of course, Ann, you know my number. Give me a call. You betcha. Thanks. All right. We'll see, see you soon. Thanks for calling. Gordon is in Watkinsville and joins us with a question about his magnolia tree. Gordon, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, I've got a magnolia tree on my property. It's about 10 or 12 years old, and it's got uh, some lichen or some kind of fungus or something that has grown and taken over the entire tree bark. Hmm. Um, and the leaves on the tree are very stressed out. Uh, it looks very. The tree itself looks sparse and unhealthy. And just didn't know if there's any remedy for that or if I just need to take an axe to it. Well, they may be connected, but if it is lichens, for sure. You you know what a lichen is. You know what they look like as they go into the bark of a tree, right, Gordon? Yeah. Okay. If it is lichens, they are harmless to the tree. They don't do anything okay. on the tree, but they do grow on the bark of trees whose uh, foliage has become thin. And you just said that, too. You said it's sort of the magnolia is not looking so good, not doesn't have That's all right. the leaves it should. So the... Lichen is sort of taking advantage of the environment underneath the uh, foliage of the tree where it's got a little more sunshine, and the lichen likes that and likes growing on bark. So the lichen is sort of head up the tree and grow there. But again, they do not do any harm to the tree at all. Okay. So the question is how can we make the magnolia tree stronger and make it have more leaves and thicker leaves and denser mm-hmm. shade, and the lichens will naturally disappear as they lose sunlight? So you get to figure out, well, does it need fertilizing? Is it in places too too dry and needs watering during the summertime? Things like that would be what I would consider on the magnolia. Okay. There's a tree right next to it, probably 15 feet away, another magnolia that looks as healthy as it can be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's an issue where the soil where this particular tree got planted is, is poor or if it's um, 
I mean, is there any, do you have any recommendations as far as what kind of fertilizer to try, that sort of thing? Just general, I talked to her later earlier about what would be a general landscape fertilizer. And if you have, if these trees are growing near a lawn, throw a double handful of fertilizer from the lawn under there, not weed and feed, of course, but uh, any lawn fertilizer would do fine for the magnolias. You don't need to have a special magnolia fertilizer to make them happy. Okay. And how long do you think it would take to begin to notice any sort of results from that? A year, year or two, maybe. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I thank you so much for your time. It's great talking to you. Thanks for calling, Gordon. Bobby is in Swanee, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bobby, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you today? I'm well, sir. How can I help? Uh, moving my daughter into a basement apartment in Swanee. Uh, the backyard is very overgrown. There's some sitting on quite a few acres of land. Mm-hmm. And in the process of moving into the backyard, we ran across a copperhead. Ah. Uh, first of all, it was a baby. Then I looked up and said, it wasn't a baby. It was about 25, 30 inches long, so it was pretty much full grown. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's more copperheads back there because there's like banks of dead leaves and stuff all over the place. What can I do other than getting rid of all the overgrowths to help? You know, coerce these copperheads and other snakes to go someplace else. That's the best thing you can do. That is the major thing that's your job to do is to get all the overgrowth, undergrowth, and middle growth (laughs) piles of leaves and things like that away from the landscape because that's where snakes like to hang out. Any kind of snake, not only copperheads, but all the non-venomous snakes, too, like to go in places where they can find food. And they find food in overgrown areas, and they find shelter in their piles of leaves and logs and things like that. So, Daddy, uh, I think you have a job in front of you. You get to go out there and mow and chop and move and groove and get everything cleaned up for your sweet daughter. I'm actually more like a professional landscaper. I didn't deal with that stuff. Well, you can do um, that too, but just say get everything. You know, keep the area mowed, Bobby. If you want to, if there's grass out there, you're going to have a lawn or something. Mow it regularly, not anything obsessively, but mow it regularly so the snakes, when they crawl across it, they're exposed. And snakes do not like to be exposed because predators find them and eat them and attack them. So uh, mow, keeps the, uh, the lawn mowed, all the piles of rocks or stones or logs or firewood, things like that. Lumber uh, it needs to be cleaned up. Uh, overbrush and underbrush needs to be uh, chopped down, and that will keep snakes away. What about, uh, I've heard about some stuff called Snake Away or Snake Be Gone. Does that stuff do any good? No. Okay. I think so. <laughs> you want the one word answer? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> all right. I appreciate it, Walter. Thank right. you. Sure, Bobby. Thanks for calling. This is 818 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man. Together, all the less in life. Just keep trucking, oh, Trucking on this morning. It's going to be a wet morning for you. Slow down out there on the highways. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. The heavy rain predicted has arrived on Peachtree Street. The high today will be 82 because parts of today will not be rainy. So look forward to that. Good day for planting. The rain will be nice and soft. Tomorrow, pretty much the same. 
Spots of rain throughout the day have 82 low of around 70, 71 degrees at night. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Gertrude says she is not satisfied with my snake answer to the other guy. She has further questions about snakes. Gertrude, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. How can I help um, further, Gertrude? Yes, Walter. Uh, where I live, I live in an apartment complex, huh? and I have to walk down a sidewalk uh, to get to uh, underneath of where my steps are to go upstairs to my apartment. Yeah. Along the sidewalk, on one side it's the wall of the building, and the other side it's a whole line of ivy. Ah. It's about um, maybe five feet wide, probably about 15 inches long. It's a patch of ivy uh-huh. uh, with a holly uh, bush at the beginning of the sidewalk there. Um, I've heard that snakes are drawn to ivy. Is, is that true, and what type? Uh, the poisonous, non-poisonous. Do I need to try and convince my landlady to <laughs> dig that ivy up, or what do I need to protect myself? Well, and uh, I've lived here about a year. I mentioned to the fellow earlier that because you know teenagers are drawn to places that are places where they can hang out and f- eat food and hang out with people like them, and the same with snakes. If they can find a place where crickets and frogs and little bitty creatures live, those snakes will be drawn to it. So ivy is a good ground cover area where crickets and frogs and lizards. There are a lot of lizards around. Yeah, that's the type of thing that snakes eat. So no particular snake is going to be drawn to it just because it's ivy, but any snake would find food there. And so, yes, ivy could harbor snakes. But I got something for your land person, landlady to do. That's simply to mow the ivy down so it's about just as high as her lawnmower will go. As high as the maintenance man's lawnmower will go is what you want to mow the ivy to, about three to four inches over what the mower will reach. And if you keep the ivy mowed low, it's still going to be attractive. It'll still be a nice ground cover for you, but the snakes are not likely to be there because it won't have near as much food there without the cover of 10 or 12 inches of ivy leaves over the top. And one more thing that you could do if you want to do this, Gertrude, is to have a little walking stick or something like that, something attractive if you want something attractive to carry with you. And when you go by the ivy, just swish and stomp a little bit. Put the ivy, put the stick on the ground and go thump, 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 thump. Because if one thing a snake does not like is anything that sounds like a creature that will eat him. <laughs> and so any vibration of thump, 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 a little stick swishing through the holly bush at the end of the uh, walkway there, Snakes mm-hmm. around are going to say, oh, man, here comes something's going to eat us. Get out now. <laughs> Leave. Hello. And so they will all run in front. Of, they'll not run. You won't be able to see them, of course. But they will slither under, unseen through the ivy and underneath anything else out there. They'll be gone, gone, gone by the time you walk by. And I don't think you'll ever see them again. So a little swishing, a little mowing of the ivy to keep it low. And I think you won't see a snake. There's not much chance to see a snake. For a long time, Gertrude. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Um, thank, uh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh-huh. Easy to talk about. I like steaks, of course, but I know that other people just rather not to have them right there with them at the time. It's 828 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 on a Saturday morning, 69 point. 
four degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape with whatever you do. And with a rainy day like today, you may think it's bad for gardeners, but gardeners are chomping at the bit to get down to Pike Nursery to find out what is on sale this weekend and to get it planted while the ground is soft. My friend Mickey Gasaway joins us. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. It is just lovely weather outside. The I ground so finally excited. gets wet. Yes, indeed. And the Pikes Peak is perfect for this weather. What is it? It's hostas. Oh, heck yeah. Hostas are and great hostas plants. And hostas love moisture, so yeah. that's great. We are so excited to um, to have this rain to begin with and um, and for hostas to be the Pikes Peak. I agree. It's perfect. I agree. Somebody play ahead. Hostas. 20 years ago, Mickey, it seems like there were about five different kinds of hostas, and that was it. There was a green one, and there was a big leaf one, and there was a small leaf one, and there was one that had white stripes. And that was about it for hosta. But That's now there's it. so yeah. many varieties, so many colors, so many flowers on them, too. Oh, yeah. I, I just love them. I just I can't get enough of them. I really can't. So um, this is the perfect day for everybody to come. What's your favorite, by the way? Do you have a favorite? I have the one that a friend of mine has about six of them in a row, and the flower stalk is up to my nose. And I know it's up okay. to my nose because it's fragrant, and I can smell the flowers <laughs> okay. in there. I don't, I don't know if it has a name or not, but my friend just grows them along the back of the house, and that's the one I like the most. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I've, I've got two that I like. I like? love this one called June that I love. And it's it's a yellow and gold, and it just shows up so good in the in the landscape. Well, I keep it's like my grandkids. Whichever one I'm with right then is my favorite. But uh, I also like Minuteman. I like those with the white stripes because oh, yeah, yeah. when when it's in in a dark, I've got some in front of a, some dragon wing begonias, and they look so good. It's just so pretty together. It just brings out that dark in the shade. It really looks good. And that's one of the things that many people ask is, what can I grow in the shade? I can't grow grass anymore, so what can you grow in the mm-hmm. shade? Hostas grow in the shade. Hostas grow and flower in the shade as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you like the flowers? I do, sure. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like the flowers. Well, it's a little bit dinky ones. They're not very impressive. <laughs> yeah, but... I like the big ones. I like the ones like you were talking about, the big. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. This one, we've got a blooming at work right now. It's a, a purple one, and it's big. It's pretty. But just those little ones irritate me. I just picked those up. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. The little <laughs> ones irritate me, but the big ones are, that have some smell or some fragrance yeah. or some substance to them, I like them a lot. Yeah, I do too. So we agree, with- we agree that now is the time to plant them. If you had uh, just general one, two, three directions for planting hostas, what would you say do? Oh, yeah, I'd find a shady, part shade place for most of them, although there are a couple of them that will grow in the sun, but most of them are shade, part shade. Uh, add some organic matter, some um, soil conditioner, planting mix or something to the soil. Um, use some starter fertilizer, put them in there, mulch them, and they look great. Also, I love them with autumn ferns. Oh, yeah, another good combination, I love too. them with autumn ferns. That's a good one in the Eucharist and all that. They look and good together. I think the only pests, the two main pests, I guess we'd say, for, for <laughs> we know what we're one say. <laughs> slugs and snails and those deer. Yeah. Because both of them yeah. do dearly love them. Yeah, that's right. So and, we have to figure that one out. Yeah, but, keep, uh, keep the deer away somehow. And for slugs and snails, put a saucer of old beer beside the oh, hostel yeah. plant. They crawl in and drown and you get yeah, real leftover beer. And they die happy. And they die happy as well. What about <laughs> classes, Mickey? How are the classes going this week? Oh, uh, we had we had so much fun Wednesday. We had a class on critters for the kids. 
and we looked at the we we found a a monarch um caterpillar we mm-hmm. got to watch him and um uh, we just really and we made a butterfly feeder and we looked at the butterflies and by the way any the kids that were in our class our mon- our uh, monarch caterpillar is now a chrysalis oh, so nice. if they come back this week they'll get to see even the chrysalis right. so anyway we we really had fun i think the kids had a great time so did the parents we had a good time what was the, what's the class coming up this week and next week it's on er- this week it's on herbs okay. and it's going to be about how herbs smell and taste and feel and um, and look and so we can see, we could kind of explore the senses. That's what this is supposed to be. Mike has a whole list of kids' gardening classes that kids can attend along with their parents. So you need to register for them, of course. But uh, they're, I think, a lot of fun. Kids really enjoy being in there and learning about plants on their own with somebody from it's a fun. like yourself. We've got, yeah, we've got one on the next week, I think the one is on seed and then the next week it's on birds so it's going to be fun we have a good time and it's only at select stores so be sure and check the website to make sure that it's going to be at the store and be sure and and register yeah so let's give let's uh, reiterate the pike pick of the weekend is hostas all the hostas at pike nursery are on sale 20 percent off tell the cashier they're the pike pick of the weekend get 20 percent off buy some planting soils and mix in with it little Starter fertilizer, and again, this is great weather for planting hostas. Perfect. This is perfect weather for planting hostas. Perfect. Great Actually, for just about planting anything. Yeah, right. Well, I agree with you. You can plant just anything right. as long as the soil is moist and soft. We're ready to go again. And Pike yeah. has a huge selection of flowers and shrubs and trees. If you want to plant them this weekend, that would be just great. So, Mickey, right. if you wanted to go and find where the classes are going to be and where the closest Pike Nursery location would be to wherever you are in the Atlanta area, where would we go? At pikenursery.com. We surely would. I will see you, you next a, Saturday. You have a great day. You too. Bye. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 gets you in on that little place right there where Mickey was. Jonathan's out in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. Morning, Walter. How are you doing? Hey, Jonathan. I'm great. What's up? Well, I've got a tree in my yard. I don't know if the roots are growing up or if the dirt around it's going down, but the roots are more exposed now. Yeah. All right. And it's getting to where I'm starting to graze it with lawnmower. I was wondering what I needed to do about that to uh, not harm the tree. Add some more soil and be done with it. The Both things are happening. The soil gets eroded or compacted, and the roots get a little bit bigger in diameter, sure. But the easiest way to fix that is to go get some uh, good quality soil. Don't get a $2 a bag topsoil. Just stuff like that is just not going to support much else growing around that area. But good quality planting soil. If you need a truckload of it, go to one of the landscape yards and get a truckload of uh, good quality soil. Put it over the roots. An inch or two doesn't hurt anything. And then your mower won't hurt the roots, won't hit the roots, won't hurt the tree. Okay, so uh, the compost that I've been making would be good for that then. Sure. Mulch would be fine, too. If you wanted to just not mow anything and put mulch over the area, chips or straw or something like that, that works, too. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Great talking to you. Thanks for calling. We got uh, Gary in Locust Grove this morning. Hey, Gary. Good hey, morning. Walter, I normally call you on the way to play golf, but I decided not to play golf. <laughs> That's a good morning. idea, Gary. What's going so on? So anyway, I've I've been living in my house for 14 years. I have a guy who comes around and he does the lawn. Anyway, this year I have bare patches all over the front yard and in the backyard. Mm. He went and sprayed. Uh, I went to your website. You said it could be grubs. He said with all the rain we've had, maybe that's it. What what causes all these bare patches in my lawn this year? I have a whole 
a web page sort of devoted to what causes bare patches, and I give a whole panoply of lists. Grubs are not likely, frankly, because you have to have a lot of grubs to cause bare areas. You may see some yellowing a little bit because grubs eat the uh, roots of plants, but they don't just kill the grass outright. If you suspect grubs and your landscaper should know this, you get a flat shovel and go underneath the uh, grass or the bare spot or, or on the edge of the bare spot anyway, where the grubs might be living, and you flip the grass over and count, and you should see grubs. They're not hard to miss. They're white. They're wiggly. They are you know, an inch or more long, and so you would see grubs if you have them. This time of year, doubtful. Does putting sand in these bare spots, you know, if you play golf, you're supposed to put yeah. sand where you take divots. But in these bare spots, if you put a little light sand over, does that help the grass grow? Now, he he sprayed since, you know, I told him I'm hoping that whatever he sprayed will get rid of whatever is doing this to my lawn. Well, but does putting sand in the bare spots help? Well, you know, that, you're right. At the golf course, they use sand because they use the sand, mostly sand mix for the grass to grow on because they have to irrigate it so much. They need something that drains real quickly. But that's not the soil that you have in your lawn. And so you try to find, again, something that you could mix as much as half sand and half topsoil. Um, again, good quality soil and try to mix it up a little bit in that bare spot so the grass can grow back into that spot. That would be fine. Could, could all the rain early in the year be causing this? Hard to know. And no. If it's a disease, boy, diseases are hard to diagnose without a real good pathologist or a lab test to see which fungi are present. I am more inclined to say, Gary, work on making the grass healthy. Make the grass in that area healthy, and it can fight off most diseases, brown patch and dollar spot and all the various rhizotonias and stuff. If you have good quality grass, it's been fertilized correctly, it's grown in sunshine, not in shade, and uh, is watered appropriately when it's dry, then you're going to fight the diseases and the bare spots as best you can without wasting money on fungicide, which may or may not be useful. Okay. Thanks, Walter. Appreciate yes. it. Good talking to you. Thanks for calling, yeah. Gary. we got Kyle in Jasper, Georgia. Hey, Kyle. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, listen to you for a lot of years, first-time caller. Sure, I live in a real hilly area in Jasper, and obviously we don't plant grass because it's very, very hard to mow. Sure. Um, have a lot of straw and mulch around the home, and we're starting to encounter a lot of chiggers or red bugs. Is there any anything that can repel those, uh, especially if we have, like, strawed areas that it would be difficult to get it down to the soil? But what can mm. we do to stop that our dogs and ourselves are getting yeah. attacked periodically with those uh, pesky little insects. Well, like, like ticks, the place that chiggers stay in order to get onto the warm-blooded creature passing by them, whether it's you, your kids, the dog, the deer, the whoever's going by, they live on the tips of grasses that are about a foot and a half high or shrubs that are about a foot and a half high with little branches right next to knee height on the trails and things like that. They're not in the middle of the lawn. There's nothing, nobody walking around in the middle of the lawn. So chiggers aren't out there. They want to be where the people are walking, where the deer are walking. So if you want to concentrate a little insecticide spray on the tall grass that you go through, on shrubbery that's near trails that you're walking past, and then, frankly, use DEET. Use one of the repellents on yourself because that really is the best way to get them off you is not let them get on you in the first place. And DEET is a great repellent right. for chiggers. Right. Okay. 
uh, I was thinking they were more in damp areas on the flat ground, maybe they're, covered in the straw and that nope, kind of thing. No, nope, nope. they're not even <laughs> one of the biggest myths of southern uh, life is that chiggers live in Spanish moss up in the trees. Chiggers live in the grass underneath the Spanish moss trees. They don't live in the Spanish moss, but people when they collect the Spanish moss are all, oh, get the chiggers out of that. Oh, it's going all over us. They've, they've been walking in, in chigger territory for an hour to collect the Spanish moss. That's how they get all the chiggers on their ankles. Well, that's what you do, Gary. Try to, or Kyle, I mean, put the insecticide where the chiggers live, where they're looking for a meal to come and chew on you. It's 848. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9 for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. Bullfrogs, sheepdogs, everybody else standing in the rain right now. It's raining all over Atlanta right now. I'm right here on Peachtree Street. Quick weather, quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. High today, 82 degrees. Tomorrow the same. Rain heavy at times, much the same for Sunday. A low overnight around 70, 71 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We do have a weekend prize pack. Crystal Wheeler has informed me that the winning caller will be caller number two, who will win four all-attraction passes to Stone Mountain Park to enjoy the Laser Show Spectacular, featuring North America's largest fire wheel. The Laser Show happens nightly through August 3rd for exclusive ticket offers. Visit StoneMountainPark.com. Second caller, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. And Dale and Jefferson, you are the last caller. Let's go quick, though. Hey, Dale. Dale. Yes. How hey, you doing? hey, Dale. I thought you'd gone away. What's up, Dale? Uh, I got a, a problem that I need your help at. Talk to me. I got two crepe myrtles I trimmed back last year, and I don't think I trimmed them back right. I used a uh, power saw on okay. them. Yeah. And 25% of them don't have no leaves, uh, limbs coming out. Wow. It's bare, and they got cracks in them. When did you do the pruning, Dale? Uh, last year. Last summer, last fall, last spring, last winter? Uh, last, last spring. Well, if they don't have leaves now, Dale, they're dead. Okay. What can I do to save the rest of it? Is Does, does the rest of it have leaves? Yes. Nothing? About 25% of the limbs don't have no leaves. If they don't have leaves, they're dead limbs, so just cut those off. If they do have leaves, they're going to survive. Crepe myrtles, if they have leaves, they'll do fine. They All they need is a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of water when it's real, real dry, and a crepe myrtle can survive. So I'm not sure why the limbs died and why they're cracked and leafless, but the ones that are there that have leaves on them, they'll do fine. All you have to do is just leave them alone, let them grow. They'll make eventually in a couple of years, they'll make a nice form for the crepe myrtle once again. Be sure in the summertime, Dale, that when it gets above 95 degrees and real dry for about a week and a half, that's when crepe myrtles get real stressed out. They need to be watered during that time. Thanks for calling, Dale. we got to go because we have to remind everybody that this has been a great Saturday morning because I got to spend it with Crystal Wheeler. She's here screening calls at Ashley Frasca's place. 
but Crystal does a great job, and I enjoy her company on Saturday mornings. I enjoy Jason Byers because he gets our music every Saturday morning and just basically keeps us happy while keeping us on the air. You can go to my website if you didn't get your question answered this morning. And on my website, not only can you sign up for our newsletter, you can also follow me on Pinterest, on Facebook, follow me on uh, Twitter as well. We post things all during the week, including the fact that this is the first time this summer I've gotten someone who emailed me and said, I have Japanese beetles in my roses. If you have roses, check them out. There could be Japanese beetles in them right now. My friends, this is Lawn and Garden. The Home Fixing Show is straight ahead. I will see you again. Yes, I will. Every Saturday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'll see you then next Saturday for another edition of Lawn and Garden. See you then.